0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Prometheus. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. And I'm Austin. And just like Prometheus, we came from you, you'll come for us.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Let's move on from that one
0: pretty (laughs) quick. Well, that's the tagline. (laughs) That's probably the worst tagline I've ever read out. But it's not not true though, is it? Anyway, uh, anyway, if you've never heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there'll be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a terrible song, biffy impression, a caption contest, a quiz, and a lot of banter as well. So please stick around. As I said, we take a film, we put it on trial. Last week, it was the turn of Gravity. And Joel, you were the judge and you decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Now, you've since watched the film. Do you think you made the right call?
1: Yeah, I think it's on the right list. Um, I mean, I found it tough judging it because I think it, it was very even. But in the end, I think it's it's on the right list. So, yeah. Thanks. Exciting. Agreed. <laughs>
0: Captivating insight. <laughs> anyway, so thank you very much for that, Joel. Before we get on to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for a little bit of news.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I don't know what Is I'm like doing. Close encounters of the third kind? No, it was Is It was the... just four random notes
0: essentially yeah it was the alien soundtrack uh, and um, that's what it is but with like a load of weird stuff like somebody whistling and a couple of like somebody like scratching a chalkboard if you've got to explain it I know I know <laughs> what, yeah, what else am I going to do for Prometheus I was going to sing a little song and say uh, Prometheus <laughs> no that doesn't work <laughs>
3: that <was laughs> <terrible> as well <laughs>
0: like, I t-
2: we got both
0: now. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) it's best of both worlds here. Right, so what we do here is we go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. And I think, Joel, it was your turn. You wanted to talk about a piece of news that's just occurred recently. So
1: would you like to... Um, Yeah, okay. Well, I did find a small piece of news, which uh, did pique my interest a little bit. And that is... um, Is she called Laura Dern? Uh, Mm -hmm. Who's the lady that was in uh, the original... Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park yeah. is that Laura Dern? that is Laura yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you just all looked at me very kind of uh, blank expression <laughs> just, uh, not many people talk about Laura Dern these days but Laura Dern and Sam Neill uh, may be uh, coming back for the uh, Jurassic Park 3 Oof. but that said um, they did say that with uh, Jeff Goldblum for Jurassic Park uh, Jurassic World 2 sorry and they just kind of uh, you know kind of tarnished his memory just by putting him in for like what like 60 seconds or something yeah. probably... so you can't really read too much into it but um yeah i, I don't know I What a 60 I, seconds though yeah <laughs> if if it's anything
2: like jurassic world 2 i'm i guess they just read the script and was like well fuck that like
0: not doing it or they read the script and they're like what you want is for 60 seconds and this we're getting paid x amount of million yeah okay thank you very much for that i mean
1: nope. they're, they're not doing that much these days are they either of them so it's not, like, it's not. like she, the, she was in Star uh, Laura, Wars. Laura was just in the last Star Wars film. Yeah, but yeah, she was in Big Little Same Lies minute. as well. Sixty seconds as well, is yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, Sam Neill had a good cameo in uh, in Thor Ragnarok. Stop discrediting both of these actors. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not
1: discrediting no. them and just saying they're not, they're uh, not complete, as busy. They're not, like, not, like like Jurassic, busy yeah. not
5: like Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They can... I saw it
5: as a good thing that there's going to be another Jurassic World.
1: So. Absolutely. Jeez. Can't wait to see that. They're, they're, ah, they'll keep going. They're massive uh, blockbusters. They? I would yeah. rather
0: spoon my own eyes out than have to watch another Jurassic World film. We'll, really? we'll stream not that live either. next year. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, thank you very much for that, Joel. Some other news is that Jim Carrey is being lined up to play Dr Robotnik in the big screen big screen adaptation (laughs) of the Sonic the Hedgehog video game and I'm not making this up you must be that's amazing James Marsden will star as Sonic apparently (laughs) Jesus seriously is it live action I have no idea. It, it can't specify, be, can't, it it can't be, specify be just, just in a it. hedgehog in a costume. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine James Morrison Amazing. in a blue hedgehog costume. <laughs> <laughs> You're not running fast enough, James. <laughs> <laughs> My word. So yeah, so uh, Jim Carrey is going to play Dr. Eggman. And uh, the film apparently is going to be released on the, no, um, the 15th of November, 2019. What is everybody's thoughts about this genuine piece of news
1: that I haven't made up? See, I think when we discussed this kind of off-air, off, off air, like my, my first thought was when I did that uh, Super Mario prosecution, I literally made a joke about saying, why can you make a film about Mario when it's got little to no story? It'd be like making a film about Sonic, which has even got less story yeah. than, the, the, you know, Super Mario. All he does is run around dead fast, collect rings and jump on people's heads. Kind of like Mario, but he's a Hedgehog. But faster. A bit yeah. faster. Yeah. <laughs> so so it
5: might be 45 minutes instead of the, the hour and 20. <laughs> we can Mario. only pray by the sounds of it. <laughs> I just, I just, That's a lot of good fan fiction though, isn't it? Is oh, a for Sonic? Yeah, there's loads of
3: stories for
1: Sonic. It could, really? uh, people you sure, should check him out. Um, are you, these aren't like X-rated websites that you've been on.
5: To. <laughs> I mean, what I do in my spare time is, uh, is only a small bit of your business.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and uh, Jim Carey, I mean, I, I, I don't want to go down the whole Joel path here and say that he's been doing nothing recently. But uh, I mean, well, I can't think of the last film he was in. The Bad Batch,
4: was he? Yeah, I did see him in the Bad Batch. To be honest, it was one of the best things about that that terrible film. To be honest with you, he, he, can, he can act. He's a, he's a good comedy actor and he's a good serious actor as well. He's quite good, but he he picks some weird projects. He really does.
1: Hasn't he, um shaved off his beard as well recently. Is he? I think so.
0: Well, I did, is, hang on, didn't Doctor Robotnik have a big moustache? Uh, Massive beard. Oh, not he, I know, a big he was going to
1: regret that. He was bald and ginger. I think, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. yeah, so
5: it must be a must be a cartoon, then still, wasn't it?
0: Who's your dream casting for Doctor Robotnik then? Um, <laughs> Brian Blessed. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> okay, mate, thank you very much for all that, guys. Very, very insightful and genuine news. Um, now we had a bit of a break last week because Aussie couldn't find any news relating to a certain Mister Dwayne Johnson. But hey, guess what, guys? It's back. <laughs> well done yeah. that's right I've had a week off to practice <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy can you please tell us what The Rock has been I up can, to I can
5: I can and The Rock has had a week off to practice and he's come back with a trailer fantastic Another. trailer
0: yeah for Skyscraper
5: a new oh, yeah. trailer,
4: a new trailer. In addition to the last one they released, just, uh...
5: yeah. Well, it's tell those bits that they missed out with the first trailer. They've put in this one, so now <laughs> of the you film. can piece them together. And <laughs> we and got see the, the entire
2: film. We got a film. So. Mean, it is basically the entire film.
5: Yeah, so. I mean, it, it, yeah, that trailer was a lot longer than um, than I was expecting, and it did seem to do all like it, most trailers do these days. That was all of the twists. Um, yeah, all of the action. But
0: I, it, I feel like if I was to be run over by a bus tomorrow. Like My life would flash before my eyes. Most of it would be that trailer, to be honest, because it went on for that long. <laughs> but right, guys, tell, tell me this, because we all just watched it before. Was there a bit in that trailer where The Rock
3: puts gaffer tape around his
0: hands and his feet and then climbs the outside of the skyscraper like Spider-Man? Did that happen or have I made that up?
4: I, I may have seen there something was, like that. There was not
5: something like that happening. There was, yeah. wasn't there? There was also a moment there where I think he stopped the elevator door closing with his prosthetic leg. He did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there was another bit where he seemed to send his, his, his wife and his child down. to their certain death <laughs> by axing a wire that was yeah. keeping uh, hold of a, an, an elevator.
1: And he was just like, hey, trust me, guys. <laughs> Crash. See you later. <laughs> one one bit of actual, sorry to interrupt everyone, but I actually have some better rock news. Oh, oh, surprise. Yeah. Go oh my, my God. God. Covered. And that is, um, he's pretty much confirmed that they're making a Jumanji too, seriously. Oh, oh yeah, they've already started filming, haven't they? Yeah, or have they? Have
0: they- well, I don't know. Is I it- just I
1: just saw the Rock saying we're we're making an, you know, we're making another one.
5: Yeah, I I kind of think that's not going to be very good.
1: Jumanji Surprising. was br- I thought that
5: was a re- yeah I thought Jumanji was a really good uh, take on it, like a good modern one. But I can't. Uh, why would why would anybody why would he open the game again? Well, he's a he's a character. Well, he's a character game, in the game. because yeah. oh, they were just they were oh, just God, avatars. Yeah, yeah. So. so we're just going to get Jumanji all over again.
4: Well, sort yeah. of. So, but the thing is, they're going to be different characters. So it's like, you know, it was a, a certain group of kids that picked yeah, those avatars. Yeah, yeah. Different kids are going to pick those avatars. So they'll be the same look, they have the same look, okay, but they'll be yeah. different personalities completely. Yeah. Which well, is they, kind of, it's one way to keep it fresh. Yeah, That's definitely.
0: And, and you can have a possible, uh, actually, I can't remember, were there more avatars
4: that you could pick there from? were
0: There were yeah. more avatars. Ah, okay. So th- that wasn't the full team.
4: Nope. So they could pick someone different. It's just say someone didn't want to do it or someone's too busy. There's an easy, there's easy ways around okay, it. You know, this, this franchise could go ahead, you know.
2: He just loves his franchises, doesn't he? The Rock, like he
0: either joins them midway or he just starts them. It does franchises seem like love the Rock, not the other yeah, way yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because. The Rock had such a hectic schedule. He had about eight films in the pipeline or, you know, in pre-production. So he's obviously had to push a few of them back. And the rumor is that maybe it's the Black Adam ones. So he was supposed to be appearing in Suicide Squad 2. There was rumors of him appearing in Shazam, rumors of him appearing in his own Black Adam film. So maybe they've all been put on the back burner because of how much DC's been struggling recently.
4: I, if I was to put anything on the back burner, I'd put those. On the yeah. back burner as
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, thank you very, very much for that. Uh, I'm not going to uh, play the xylophone again because I don't want to jinx myself. I got it perfect one time, and one time's enough for me, to be honest. But I think it's time for Brucey's uh, segment, and this is another film field. Introduce me. <laughs>
2: Thanks, <laughs> Uh Right, my film feels this week is, uh, if you could be any character in any film, which character would you be?
1: Definitely not Sean Bean in any film. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, like, right, to start it off, I would be my favourite film, Magnificent Seven, I'd be Yul Brenner. I'm starting to look like him anyway.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a good choice to be honest i mean he's 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 very he's cool in most films you're brenner in in, uh, in westwell to be honest that'd be a good one Mm -hmm. i think my ultimate one would probably be snake plissken Uh, i knew it's going to be kurt russell in escape from new york (laughs) i mean like you know you've got kurt russell anyway who at the time i mean he still is but at the time he was like one of the coolest guys on the entire planet how do you make this guy even cooler eye patch that's right <laughs> like just instantly made them cooler by about 150 percent. you know i mean uh, uh, but if i was to pull that off if I, tomorrow i was just to start wearing an eye patch <laughs> people would just be like you know what you're doing you look like a dick but kate russell does it and everyone's like oh my god eye patches are so cool but you know i probably have
1: depth perception fairness, issues as in well fa-
2: in fairness an eye patch in an office probably wouldn't go down
1: <laughs> 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 Uh, apart from superheroes for me, I'm going to go a, a little bit kind of uh, left field and, and go with John Wick. I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, it? yeah. I wouldn't say that was left, left to... field. Uh, if you were to say like Patch Adams or something, <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that is
0: left field. Well done, man. But John Wick, I can actually say, you know, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? We are similar in many ways, me and John Wick. You and John Wick. Yeah. 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 Just... <laughs> to be honest, if anybody hates your dog in any way, I can, I can imagine yeah. you taking out some sort of John Wick style rampage. <laughs> I don't know. What
5: about Truman? That'd be Truman
0: Burbank from uh, The Truman Show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. um, Go on, Ozzy.
0: To be honest, your house is already set up like The Truman Show (laughs) with all those CCTV cameras. (laughs) If you want us to, if you really want us to, maybe we could start watching it. That'd be wonderful, yeah. 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 Wow. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just a a weird end to the segment (laughs) there, but thank you very much for that, Ozzy. No worries. (laughs) So, uh, as I said before, this is Films on Trial. If you've never heard the show before, we take a film, we put it on trial. The films are pulled out of the hat at random, usually from films that people have suggested for us to review. This week, it is Prometheus. And along with the film, all of the roles are picked out of the hat at random. So, in the role of prosecution and trying to condemn this film to the shit list, we've got our good friend Captain Dave. In the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is going to be Joel. In the roles of character witnesses and trying to lend their genuine opinion behind each argument to try and bulk it up a little bit. We've got Alex and Austin. And in the most important role of the show, we've got myself. I will be playing the judge, and it is my job to try and be as unbiased as possible and listen to both arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments that are put to me and not using my own opinion. So before we actually kick off proceedings here, I think we should give our listeners a bit of an understanding as to what the film is about and read out the synopsis. But first, let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. Okay, it's landed on Brucey. Hey.
1: All right,
2: <laughs> what, 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 what should I do?
1: Just your a- a- anybody? Normal, uh, well, Michael Fassbender, but your normal phone voice to your wife, or probably <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> it happened once. Um,
1: okay,
3: <laughs> just, yeah. just imagine you're on
0: your phone to your wife; you'll be fine.
2: Oh, this is such a weird.
0: One.
2: Following clue, <laughs> 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 uh, just posh voice, sorry. Following posh voice. clues to the origin of mankind, a team finds a structure on a distant moon, but they soon realise they are not alone.
0: Wow! Yeah, no, of course
5: I'll be. I'll bring the milk back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, my darling. For a minute, then I genuinely did I'm think ju- you were on the phone. I'm just a polite man. <laughs> okay, so uh, who would like to go first, defence or prosecution? It looks like it's me. Okay, so def- sorry, I'm keeping a straight face. Defend Prometheus, please.
1: Uh, I don't, don't, I don't even shit. know why I'm bothering after that. <laughs> um, okay, so. Prometheus for me, it's a solid monster movie with a bit of a side slice of of drama in there. It's action-packed, it's not a masterpiece in the same kind of mould as Aliens, and for me it shouldn't really be regarded as an Alien prequel, prequel, sorry, you shouldn't really think of it that way. It's kind of mysteriously singular uh, in itself. It revisits kind of similar elements uh, that were in the earlier franchise, except that it digs deeper into the origins, not only of Alien discovery, but also... Uh, human creation as it pertains to the future of the human race with kind of astounding results really it's a perfect mesh of old and new uh from greek mythology and beyond and you'll leave the the theater not really being able to process what you've seen Uh, the direction of the film is masterful the production design is absolutely gorgeous the use of 3d in this film particularly raised the bar Um, helping the medium on its journey from over promoted gimmick to genuine enhancement as kind of spaceships fly across vast alien vistas there's a, a mix of volcanic iceland and seamless cgi and for me this film is an absolute lesson in integrating cgi into an already beautiful landscape we've talked about the overuse of cgi in films and this film has kind of got it spot on in my opinion Alien was claustrophobic. It was all about kind of loneliness and darkness and Prometheus is more or less the exact opposite. It's about open spaces, the bustle, Uh, there's a lot of illuminated spaces as well and even the interiors are on a much larger scale than what we've been used to in the franchise. Uh, The story abandons sense really in order to move things along but it does so with tremendous results. It really makes you think as a film and it's one of those films where everybody can draw their own conclusions from it. The best sci-fi films for me are the ones that make you question everything and where you come out of the theatre kind of almost confused as to what you've seen. It gives no answers and it rather asks more questions. One of the best scenes is when Shaw removes the fetus uh, using the medical pod which we learn is the very first facehugger which is obviously uh, synonymous with the with the series, and then later on in the film, the facehugger is kind of set loose, attaches itself to the one re- remaining engineer, uh, which in turn kind of spews out the very first alien. Uh, the biggest complaint I see about this film is the amount of unanswered questions in the plot, <coughs> making very little sense. Um, it, it all kind of seems to revolve around this black goo, and as I've said, the movie doesn't really do any type of job to explain what it's about or why it's there or anything like that but it seems to imply that the engineers were infected with their own creation the, the black goo uh, maybe it caused like an inner war amongst themselves which seems to carry kind of also some sort of subliminal subliminal message uh, and there seems to be a lot of that in this film as i say it's definitely a thinking man's film there's a lot of uh, kind of un- unanswered messages and a lot of uh, uh, kind of pondering to do over over some of the uh, kind of themes in there. The engineers created humans and then they decided to destroy us, which I found a, as a, was a really kind of interesting aspect to the film. It's almost as if uh, there's kind of like a creation, kind of gospel uh, kind of side to it, because they, they created humans and then they decided to destroy humans. It's almost as if they looked at, you know, mankind and decided... You know they they weren't happy with the direction that uh, mankind was going in, and they they felt like you know they needed to stop it before it got any further. And that aspect, I thought, was was really interesting. Uh, The original Alien actually received a very mixed reception upon its release, and Prometheus got exactly the same thing. And it's not really surprising for this type of film. If you remove yourself from all the films and focus only on the original Alien, it has just as many unanswered questions as Prometheus does like who sent the distress signal, Uh, what are the creatures that attach to the face, Uh, what is the giant creature on the gun, like what are all the eggs? There are so many questions, and at the time when people first saw it, it was kind of almost almost too much to bear. And it's only now, 30 years later, uh, that the film is so kind of, uh, you know, cult classic and famous that these things are overlooked. And we live in an era at the moment where answers are, are always at your fingertips, on your mobile phones, you've got the internet and not having the answers like immediately available at the at the end of a film is kind of somehow thought of as a negative thing but for me not in this film as i say it is very much a a, a thinking man's film and not every film needs concrete answers and for better or for worse this is a film that has helped mold the sci-fi category for years to come
0: well thank you very very much for that joel um yeah actually very good defense uh, so, Dave, mm-hmm. right. Joel said, don't look at this as an alien prequel. Uh, look at it as its own film, in which, in this film, there's perfect direction, there's seamless CGI and landscapes it asks a lot of questions it doesn't have to answer them you don't need all of the answers at the end of the film it's like a thinking man's film joel mentioned about black goo which coincidentally is joel's porn pseudonym <laughs> 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 yeah when you said infected by own goo that was the name of your first porno wasn't it joel um so he said it's also very rich um with themes And it asks a lot of questions, basically. And it's similar to Alien in regards to... It received a lot of criticism when it first came out. So Dave... How would you like to argue against those points?
4: Uh, There's some points that I won't disagree with. I mean, Joel was saying we shouldn't be comparing it to Alien, and I guess we shouldn't, but you can't help it. Even while Joel was making his defense there, there were a lot of references back to Alien. You cannot but help compare the two. And when Ridley Scott set out, he approached uh, screenwriter John Spates, I think his name was. He approached screenwriter John Spates and said, I'm making an Alien prequel. And that was basically it. He said, this is what I'm setting out to do. I'm making... I mean, he said two, actually. I'm making two Alien prequels. And he wanted this guy on board to help him write them. And... I think what Joel was saying about the unanswered questions and the way the plot is driven I think this is where the film falls down it does look good Joel is right the CGI is well done uh, what little of it there is Ridley Scott is a, a kind of guy who likes to, to do everything for real wherever possible he was saying about the sets you know that some of the like Joel said that some of the biggest uh, the largest scale sets that we've seen in this sort of franchise before and he's right Ridley Scott said you know what I actually wanted the, uh, the cast and crew to live on the sets but uh, they didn't do it because it's a fucking stupid idea but <laughs> they were big enough that it could been done, um, but yeah, they, for all of its looks, for all of how how well it seems to look, appear on the screen, it's one of those. I hate to use this term. I know i have used it a few times, but it's style over substance. And I think the big flaw in this is the writing and the plot. Joel says you don't need to have all your all your questions answered. No, but you want a few of them, and this film poses so many wide questions, some really big intellectual, thought provoking questions, and then answers the ones it shouldn't be answering. But leaves you asking questions of where where you shouldn't need to be asking questions. The plot is overly convoluted, and I think the problem with this, I don't think it's John Spades. I don't. I think he has a bit of a bad write up for this. It's not his fault. It was. He said working with Ridley Scott. Um, was like riding a in bronco he said he's not saying he didn't enjoy the experience he liked working with Ridley Scott but it was difficult it was hard and not because of the man's attitude or anything he's not like a James Cameron type it's just he's got so many ideas running through his head so many different directions he wanted to go and he would change things he changed his mind he'd chop and change here and there we all know what the story with Blade Runner you know have we even seen the final version of Blade Runner yet he's a man who likes to chop and change his films ideas come to him he, he, he thinks of different things for a screenwriter although this is you could say oh this is a challenge this is experience it's difficult and it's hard to get your point across and get a fluid flowing plot with all the questions that you want to pose to be answered to the audience's satisfaction and this film fails to do it and after john spates had left the we well, didn't leave the project but after he'd done his bit uh, damon lindoff came on board at ridley scott's request and rewrote what John Spates had done, he adapted it and changed bits after after speaking with Ridley Scott, which is a terrible idea. You know, it just it and this is where it all starts to break down. It all started with the with the plot, with the script, and it just trickled through the film, and it just infected it, much like this much like this black goo that went into the river at the start <laughs> of the film. And you see, there's so many bits. It's like you know, okay, I'm all for you know make up your own theories about things, but then it poses, you know, these guys go off in search of God. They go out to find where humanity came from. And... That's the bit that shouldn't have been answered. They got their answer. It's like two thousand and one Space Odyssey. Never actually. It it raises some of the same questions, but it doesn't dare try to answer them for you. It does leave them open, and that's why people are still debating the themes of two thousand and one Space Odyssey to this day. No one will be debating Prometheus. I'm amazed we're doing it now. To (laughs) be perfectly (laughs) honest, no one should be debating Prometheus. It does not need this sort of because they didn't even try to give you the the tools to find the answers for yourselves. They're just not there. there. so many unanswered questions in this film to the point where it is annoying and it's, it's you see if you look at a nonsensical plot like this you know what happened to the engineers joel was saying well we, we pieced it together bit by bit as suppose as we went they were making it was a basically a biological weapon wasn't it this black goo it, it was a biological weapon which uh, they, they seem to have had an outbreak of it or a release I'm not surprised because they left it in little jars on the floor so I'm not surprised someone probably kicked one over <laughs> and disinfected up. the engineers space and that's what how they all got killed off And then it's, Ridley Scott said about the engineers this is the kicker this is when you knew he was biting off more than he could chew he said uh, about the engineers in an interview he said oh yeah I believe that 2000 years ago one of these engineers came to earth to try and get humanity to change their violent ways and he he was crucified. He said, "I was thinking oh, of." He said, "I was oh, thinking of putting this in the film, but I thought it was a little too on the nose." And I'm maybe. glad. I'm glad Ridley Scott had that revelation. So, in short, he is a very talented director, and he is a, he's a genius. He's a cinematic genius. He has got so many ideas flowing through his head, though, that when it comes to make a straight laced film that needs a bit of explaining because the themes it's taking on are gargantuan, you need a bit of reining back in. And he's doing too, trying to do too much, and it's over ambition. And although his style is still there, the man's a great director. His style can be seen. The substance is completely lost in this instance.
0: Okay, thank you very much for that, Dave. Once again, another passionate uh, prosecution there. Okay, so I'm going to need some help here from the character witnesses. Joel says that it's cinematic brilliance. Essentially, it's perfectly directed great blend of cgi and landscapes and to look at it as its own individual film not in relation to alien dave said you cannot but help compare it to alien because essentially it's an alien prequel and a lot of the scenes do essentially scream alien uh, he says that it's style of a substance it's really weak writing and plot and it's a bit sort of arrogant in the way that it answers its own questions about searching for god and searching for our creator and it's got a lot of other unanswered questions. So what do you guys think? Alex, first. Agree with Dave or Joel?
2: Um, I'm probably more on Dave's side, I think, on this one. Uh, I think you know, comparing it to the first alien film, I found this film had a bit of... It started off quite well and I was quite into it. I thought it was quite interesting the way it set up with the engineer right at the beginning. And then I actually liked the way it was sort of like tackling sort of deeper questions. But then I actually found as soon as we got into the room with like the sort of the eggs and stuff like that, it kind of jarred with this, what seemed to me like fairly standard alien stuff from the first films. So I actually was a little bit disappointed and it didn't really gel very well for me. So I don't think you can... Discount it and just th- see it as a completely film on its own. It's definitely a the Alien franchise. Um, I also think I also agree with Dave massively. I think this film suffered from a lot of rewrites and not enough editing at the end. You know, at at the beginning, like I say, I I was quite into it and there's quite a few interesting speeches people make but about after halfway the tipping point comes and it just seems to turn into an awful lot of monologue about sort of very abstract things that don't really get grounded in much. So I I actually found I got worn out by the end where I was just like, oh God, another character's talking about their, you know, this deeper look at at things. And at the end as well, I, I don't think, there's lots of mysteries and lots of unanswered questions, like Joel was saying. But I just didn't get the sense that they, they actually had the answers to those questions. I felt there was a lot of mystery without much substance to back any of it up. So I didn't really feel like anyone had the answers. Whereas in like the original Alien, you know, Joel was saying about who sent the distress signal, you know, where's it come from? I felt like there would be... An, you know, you, you, you completely know that someone's got the answer to that it's not being told because it would be less dramatic and it's you know it's more thrilling if you don't know these answers but in prometheus i just don't feel like anyone really had the answers to the deeper questions it was building up it was just thrown out there to give it sort of a deeper profound meaning without anything backing it up
0: thank you very much for that austin well i
5: uh, i'm actually on joel's side and um and and i'm gonna let something out here I'd never seen the original Alien, so I, oh and, my god! And I didn't realise that Prometheus was part of the Alien franchise. I thought it was just like an original story that just so happened to be in space, and you know he's pretty famous for doing so, space w- stories. When
0: did you find out that it was in the Alien franchise? At, just now, at the end, yeah, at the very end. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: So, uh, <laughs> but until then, I, I didn't know, and um, I thought it was just like a like an abstract take on like the mythology. I thought it was all right, you know. It's, it's uh, I thought it was quite good. Quite a, if you think of it that way, it's quite a good take. They essentially steal fire from the gods, and then get bad. You know, it was quite <laughs> yeah. a good take. It's an uh, interesting idea. I but thought it was interesting. Did, did you find
2: it entertaining
5: though? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah. thought. It, I thought it was well shot. It looked like yeah. Like You guys say it's beautiful, and um, you know, I just thought it was. It was nice to watch. It was. I thought it was pretty. I enjoyed it, and the way Joel was saying. And I didn't see it in three D, but. You could definitely see points where, oh yeah, that would look amazing in three D because mm. um, it looks pretty good in two D. You know, so um, for for most of what Joel said, I'm I'm behind in it. There's a lot of uh, there's quite a lot of good points to back up with it. You know, it's a, um yes. Toward the end, I started thinking, mm, is any of this going to get wrapped up? I'm not so sure. But then you know, it's part of a huge series, so I found out so. Most of those questions are probably answered in, in another film I've not watched. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> right.
0: Thank you very much for that, Austin. Right, okay, so very, very contrasting opinions, ofs. First up, now for point number two, um, are you going to be talking about
4: characters characters
0: yeah okay well dave would you like to go first please
4: yep certainly for all the flaws in the script you know even a bad script can be saved by its cast in some instances in this case it seems to have been a stretch too far for most of them the performances in this film are for the most part pretty dire and i actually don't really blame the cast for that it's not really their fault but the material they were working with is atrocious I think Numi Rapace actually does a pretty good job. I think she comes away from this pretty well. She's a good actress, and I think she does the best she can. But obviously, as I was saying, it's impossible not to compare this to Alien in so many instances, and she suffers from the inevitable comparisons to Ellen Ripley, who just shows so much more humanity than I think Numi Rappas was able to because of the confines of the script. Michael Fassbender does a decent job as David as well. I will give him that one, but the rest of the cast are falling very short. Charlize Theron is essentially reduced to a caricature. Now, she's a very talented actress, and this is a complete waste of her talents. She's reduced to this sort of, I suppose, just icy and aloof is all you could really call her in this. There's not much else to go on. There's nothing for her to work with. Idris Elba is... Relegated to a side character, essentially, he's not even given a proper personality. It, Guy pierce is a very unusual uh, casting choice, and this is something else that, that we often find with uh, Ridley Scott movies, where he has an idea for certain scenes he wants to include, and as time goes by, he he either axes out the finished films or the finished scenes, or he. Ju- I'm sorry, I'm just watching a, a wrestle a man versus cat battle right now, it's, <laughs> and it's not going well. It's cat, not
5: going the cat, well. Cat, cat's, cat, winning. Cat, cat's
4: winning. Cat's winning. Cat's winning. But um, <laughs> no Guy Pierce was a really unusual choice he really got this concept that he wanted an older Peter Wayland, um, and he wanted Max von Sydow instantly um but someone said to him oh, what about uh, having a younger Peter Weyland in certain scenes and he thought oh yeah we'll do that this will be really good it worked work out to get a younger actor so they, they hired Guy Pierce, who essentially wears, wears these ridiculous prosthetics throughout the entire film with no benefit from it he looks ridiculous in these Billy Crystal in The Princess Bride look more realistic than this. <laughs> they are no seriously for this day and age that these prosthetics are so poor is astounding given that how the rest of everything like Joel says it looks so good this was a real uh, swing and a miss, and you kind of left wondering why hire Guy Pearce, because there is no scene with a younger version of himself at all. Like either it got edited out after they filmed it, or they never even bothered filming it in the first place, because Ridley Scott changed his mind. And as it is, Guy Pearce is just left playing the part of an 80-plus-year-old man for no reason. You should have just hired an 80-plus-year-old man and stuck with Max von Sydow in the first place. And it just goes to show how haphazard the film was. You know, I've kind of digressed away from the cast and characters, but I think it ties in to show the, the kind of haphazard nature of you know, working with Ridley Scott. I thought the supporting cast... We're all pretty poor to be honest with you and again I don't blame them I blame the script I think Logan Marshall Green uh, has a go uh, with, with Charlie Holloway who's uh, Numi Rapace's love interest but there seems to be this unspoken animosity between him and David and you never really understand why I'm sure it was explained in one of the God knows how many drafts of the script but you're just <laughs> kind of wondering why was this android programmed to feel malice it's, I'm just I don't understand what's going on here you got Sean Harris who at least is bringing something original to the script by the way, this interpretation of the g uh, the Geologist, Fifield. Never seen a geologist played by that before. Is this seemingly incredibly aggressive punk rocker type who hates his job, hates being in space, hates people. You're wondering why he signed on for this in the first place. But at least it's original, which is what the, the film seems to be lacking. Rafe nothing to work with. Kate Dickey is, is wooden as the medic. Ford completely wooden. I don't blame her. It's, again, some of the people say, I forget what this is called, but the sci-fi dialogue, which is just undeliverable. It gets so convoluted, the stuff you are expected to say, and there is no natural way on earth to say it. That's why Harrison Ford got so much praise for Star Wars. Cause it was like the ridiculous crap that George Lucas made that man say, and he delivered it like he was just ordering in a restaurant. you know that that takes real <laughs> skill, but not many people can do it and unfortunately she fell short here. Benedict Wong completely wasted. Patrick Wilson completely wasted. Everyone's accents start to slip as well at some <laughs> point. I'm not sure where everyone's meant to be from, but all in all, the cast, I feel sorry for them. there's some good actors in here, they really are, but they have got nothing to work with.
0: Well, thank you very much for that, Dave. I completely forgot that Patrick Wilson was in it.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you too. <laughs> Patrick Wilson wishes he could forget. Uh, yeah, I forgot ben- I mean, Benedict Wong was in man, it. Yeah, I forgot Benedict Wong was in it as well, my word. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, Joel, okay, Dave said that there were so many great actors in this film that were just completely underused. And some of them ended up becoming like caricatures. Some of them didn't have any backstories explained or anything. Um, there was a whole bit with David versus the um, poor man's Tom Hardy, whatever his name was, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Logan Marshall Green. <laughs> that was it, yeah. where, where uh, David feels malice and that that's not explained at all. So their motives as characters aren't really divulged. How would you like to argue that?
1: Okay, so for me, there's one aspect of Prometheus that will leave you with a lot of food for thought, and that is the character of David the android. He's played with subtlety, depth, and a touch of weird humour by Michael Fassbender. I honestly think that in that year, it was one of the outstanding acting performances, and Ridley, uh, kind of Scott's theme of really strong kick-ass women also continues here. Um, one of the strongest elements throughout Prometheus for me, is the acting of the, of the main characters. And Charlie Theron, she's kind of like a very stern, uh, badass kind of Wayland rep. Uh, Noomi Rapace is is mesmerizing as the mission's true believer, and she's kind of the only one that wants to see it through to the end. She seems kind of weak until she faces true danger, and she kind of then faces it down with almost a Ripley level uh, of bravery when she goes in like the medical pod. Idris Elba, he's fantastic as the ship's captain and he's the film's moral compass as well. And it does a bit more than uh, meets the eye with a lot of these characters. Dave mentioned uh, the android as uh, somebody who was kind of almost aggressive, kind of without reason. Uh, And that's something that I want to talk about here. So every every alien movie has its android and sometimes pretending to be human and sometimes openly uh, synthetic... And Waylon introduces David to the crew of the Prometheus as the son I never had. But then immediately he undermines this emotional connection by asserting Blithely that as a robot, David doesn't have have a soul. And then after that, we see David amusing himself by watching Lawrence of Arabia playing basketball while the crew was in hypersleep. And kind of while all those scenes are playing out, Waylon's comment almost feels a little bit like cruel rejection because you can see straight away that David does has a, have a soul. And he's taken some of those comments to heart. As the film unfolds, David's innocence uh, and obedience uh, begins to feel more and more like a program he hates executing. We can almost see him grimacing under the four smiles as he waits on the crew. The scientists struggle to understand uh, the monstrous truth about the alien installation. He coolly studies what they found, engaging in even more dangerous experiments knowing that his father will never leave the company in David's hands, nor even acknowledge the basic humanity of his son. It makes the robot's selfless work for Wayland kind of seem even more fraught and disturbing. However, we eventually realize that David and the aliens have got something in common. They both hate humanity for more or less good reasons, and they will do anything to destroy it. All the movies in the franchise, apart from AVP, which is a bag of shit, <laughs> have played with this idea, yeah. comparing and contrasting the motives of the aliens and the robots. But here in Prometheus, the idea finally comes to fruition. David's Ark is probably one of the the best things about the whole film. It's the most compelling part. And I'm almost tempted to say that it's almost a movie about the, the consciousness of, of David and his beliefs and uh, kind of the that android aspect of the whole film. Uh, and that Frightening Aliens is just kind of the setting where a story about this kind of human-robot relation kind of almost takes place. But that would obviously be doing the rest of the film a big disservice, but it does show you uh, what a great kind of character arc that that David takes. And as I say, it is kind of one of those films where you you watch it a few times and you do understand his motives and the character a lot more. I understand what Dave's uh, saying, like maybe for on the first watch or second watch even... Uh, you might you might look at David and think why is he even being like that? But there's so many things that you that you will miss because the film's so complex that uh, you know it is it is definitely a, a multi layered kind of thing. Okay, well thank you very much for that, Joel. Okay, so I'm going to have to ask
0: the character witnesses here for their opinions. So once again, very very contrasting. Dave says that the cast can uh, help but essentially fall to the Paul's script that's put in front of them. They've got Guy Pearce in prosthetics for one reason or another. They've got Sean Harris playing a very unbelievable geologist. And they've got a lot of great actors who are underutilised and underused. Joel says they actually... It, it, they do a good job, and he would argue that the film is actually about David and David's character arc, and that the aliens play sort of like a background feature, and that you actually need to watch this film uh, uh, several times, multiple viewings, to actually understand the characters. So, what would you say? Would you agree or disagree there, Alex?
2: Um, I'd I'd agree with Joel. I think in saying that, like Michael Fassbender's performance as David is is very good. It's probably the best thing in the film. Uh, I I don't think there's quite enough there, and I didn't quite follow it all the way through. So I I, I don't <laughs> I actually Joel, that's just that's just childish. <laughs> Throwing <laughs> gestures my way. Uh, I, I I think Michael Fassbender was really really good in it, but uh, the rest of the cast I honestly didn't remember half of the ones that we were just discussing i didn't remember benedict wong was wong was in it um, patrick wilson uh, i remember charlie's from being in it and yeah she was a strong but i didn't feel it was much more to a character idris elba the same and you know when things happen to these characters i just didn't really care to be honest so I obviously wasn't that engaged i was just quite bored by the characters and, uh, yeah, would th- you
1: say that's because emotionally you're unavailable <laughs>
2: <laughs> for Prometheus apparently yeah I'd, I'd say it's possibly my fault maybe <laughs> Joel if that's what you're trying to say I, I, I think the Guy Pierce thing as well Dave's spot on um, there's no reason for him to be in prosthetics you're waiting for the whole film for him not to be in prosthetics and then. He's, he's although not... I am
1: defending this film it reminded me a bit of uh, Johnny Knoxville and Bad Grandpa <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that, that, that level yeah probably a lot more money spent on it so uh, you know, Joel might say multiple viewings, but I was so bored that I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't really want to watch this film again, to be honest. So I think that's lost on me.
0: Aussie, and would you agree with Joel or with Dave?
5: Uh, yeah, I think when Dave's camp on this one, actually. So although I did uh, enjoy the uh, the film overall, I think he's right that you know some sort of the script was a bit uh, tedious, a bit but too much of the monologues in the second half of the film, um, and it didn't seem to go. Fine, you know, there wasn't wasn't it was just too much sci fi speak you know, it's a bit um it just felt it was hard to to grasp, you know, you had to really follow, you had to pay a lot of attention to try and get not much out of it. So like I said, I finished the film thinking, oh maybe I need to watch the rest of the franchise. <laughs> now I know it's part of a franchise to uh to really understand what's going on, uh, to get the rest of it. But from what I can gather, it doesn't answer any of the questions, so maybe I won't bother watching them
0: either. <laughs> <laughs> well- <laughs> I wouldn't bother adding them to the long list of films that you haven't seen. (laughs) Uh, Okay, right, so closing statements, guys. Dave, I'm going to give you a minute to give a closing Mm -hmm. statement and try and condemn this film
4: to the shit list, starting from... Now, okay. I don't blame any individuals involved in the making of this film for what happened. They're all very talented in their own fields, from the actors to the director to the scriptwriters. But unfortunately, the product they produced doesn't work. It's too leaden. The plot plot is overthought, and it's, oh, it seems too like they've reached for an overly ambitious sort of film that they tried to make. And unfortunately, it's just not worked. I think Ridley Scott is a genius, but he's very very manic. Got so many different trains of thought, and in this instance, it's been his undoing. I think I would just like. To to give a, a little quote from nick pinkerton of the village voice who i think nailed it here he says that scott seems a little bit like david carefully arranging his hair in an imitation of o'toole's lawrence he can still mimic the appearance of an epic noble important movie but the appearance is all Oof. <laughs> thank you very much dave with
0: about 15 seconds to spare okay joel would you like to Praise this film and try and get it placed on the hit list. <laughs> <laughs> your yep. sure closing statement,
1: uh, your minute begins now. This film is is typical Ridley Scott. If you enjoy any of his other films and you enjoy films that make you think and, and even ponder uh, life's bigger questions, then you will enjoy this film. Even if you did or did not enjoy the previous Alien films, you will still enjoy this film. There's plenty of good acting on show. Even if you just watch it for the visuals, the visual effects are absolutely amazing. They are far, beyond, far ahead of its time, sorry. Uh, they will hold up for, for time and time to come. And it's just worth a watch, even if you just want to take it off your list. It's definitely a film that you should uh, give your time to. Oh you, you fucking
5: drongo.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the end of the euro I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. But if you <laughs> just make a gong noise, okay. and then you're carry the Perfect timing.
0: Yeah. And go. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. Right, I've got a few things to ponder here. So while I'm doing that, can we have a little bit of a quiz? I think, once again, Alex, it's your turn it to give us the quiz. So,
2: Character Witnesses, we've decided, me and Ozzy, decided to pool our talents a little bit on this one. So this is Character Witnesses quiz together.
5: Don't you be lumping me in
3: with this <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's exactly what I'm doing here, Ozzy. That's literally exactly what I'm doing here. Okay, so this is a quiz that's going to be asking you uh, is an alien conspiracy uh, true? As in, this is uh, something, an alien conspiracy that is actually out there. <gasps> Or is it just something uh, me and Ozzy have completely made up? Uh, do I need to do a quiz name for this? Yeah. Alien Conspiracy or Alien <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, that, that sounded way better when you I, wrote it down. Uh, thanks. I, 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 I thought, how am I going to follow up Dave's Gravity or Cavity from last week? And I thought, you know, stick with the rhymes. It
0: doesn't have to rhyme, man. You could say, I believe or I don't believe. I that's don't much, believe it. That's much, I, w- I want to believe. M- much <laughs> uh. better. Right, anyway.
2: Uh, so is is your first one. Is this a true conspiracy? Uh, start off with a bit of an easier one. All mobiles and all the technology we now have, including TVs and PCs, are all reverse-engineered alien technology that uh, is now in Area 51 and being worked on by the US government.
4: True. Shinsmirashi
2: false um, <laughs> it's true it's got to be I think it's also true it is a true conspiracy if as if that makes any sense that is actually that is a conspiracy theory that out, that's out there all technology found in the last 60 years is from Area 51 Aussie do you want to go next? Uh, you, got, you fire I'll, another one out I'll fire another one out okay um There's a theory, it's a conspiracy theory that uh, aliens haven't visited um, because actually in the IS, the International Space Station, they um, broadcast a film that was so shit out there that people, they thought aliens, it was a transmission that went out by accident. uh, And they thought aliens wouldn't want to see it because of it. And it's uh, it's Love Actually by Richard Curtis. (laughs) False. False. Oh, false it was a shrewish miracy I'm, I'm surprised you saw through it uh, love right. actually gave it away yeah no, I know I uh, know <laughs> right here's another one um, the aliens actually live at the centre of the earth which is hollow they're superior beings and UFOs are actually out there put out there from the centre of the planet to help stop nuclear wars and, st- and uh, d- natural disasters from happening false true
0: it just sounds
1: like you're making this things up off the top of your head, but I'm going to go for true.
2: It is a true alien conspiracy. That is quite a big one, actually, yeah. That is what a lot of people think.
1: That was from me on the forums last week. <laughs> cool.
5: um, go on, I'll, I'll go for one. So um, there, is this a conspiracy or not? Um, that the island of Greenland is actually a gigantic UFO, and it's fortunately in a place that's too cold so that people can't investigate it properly. False. 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 You are correct, that is false.
2: That was completely made up. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Just made that shit up. That uh, was
0: made up.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, here's another one. Um, the moon landing was faked because... Aliens have made Earth into a prison that we can't escape from because we're all dicks.
1: <laughs> have you got an unhealthy obsession with aliens by any chance? <laughs> I'm going to a... go with false, false, true. That
2: is a true conspiracy. That is mm. that is another quite a big one that, that yeah a lot of people think that is uh, yeah
1: is that the real word in that we're all dicks?
2: They're all dicks. That's what a lot of people <laughs> say the on, the, on, on the, the forums. Wording. Okay, and... I've got another one go if on you on. want. Go
5: for it, Aussie. So, we all know about MH370, the airliner that apparently the uh, our Ooh. World Cup hosts uh, shut down. Apparently. <laughs> Wasn't really shut down. It was actually taken by the aliens to investigate our technology to see how close we are to come to visit them.
2: I'm going to say false. I'm going to say that's a true conspiracy. I'm going to say
4: that's false.
1: Uh, True.
2: It's false, I just made that up on the top of my head. Okay, and uh, the last one, Uh, going on a little bit about what you you touched on before, is that Jesus was an alien (laughs) as part of, uh, as supernatural powers, that explains all of his, you know, walking on water, changing uh, water into wine. Uh, He was the son of God, yes, but God's an alien too. (laughs) And actually they're part of a race of aliens that include Buddha, Krishna and Confucius. True. 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 Probably true. That is a true conspiracy. Well done, guys. Well done. Well done. Thank you for playing Alien Conspiracy or Alien Shmishmiracy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is, is that there might be somebody who listens to this and like, why are they all laughing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of course that's true. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, thank you very, very much for that, Alex. Uh, right. So it has been more difficult to actually decide this Uh, this than I thought it was going to be. And that's because, Joel, you put up such a good defence and i sorry I'm trying to ask Austin to pass me my phone but like for the life of me it's just not getting any of it definitely well, think,
5: like, to be fair a thumb and a
3: little yeah, pinky is, is the best way to do it. it
5: they were the absolute worst <laughs> you universal, just universal just signs
0: for phones you know it was a touchscreen phone I was making a call with uh, my palm
5: so so it like looked, you looked like, do like do. you were
4: writing on a I pad w- I <laughs> want you
5: to tweet out later what the international universe <laughs> yeah, definitely
4: right <laughs> okay Right I should
0: have held held my my finger and my thumb to my ear, right <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was actually much more difficult to make this decision than I thought it was going to be because Joel, actually you've done a really good job in defending him. And uh, some of the points that you made were really valid, to be honest. And I like, I thought it was quite interesting when you were talking about David and the film should be actually centered around him and it's his character arc. You know, it's when essentially when we when we see him, him and uh, the aliens, they really you hate the humans, but like, it's it's kind of continuing that theme from Alien, where it's about robots and humans or androids and humans and their contrasting relationships. And then by the end, he kind of has pity on them or he wants to be with them. And yeah, I thought that was very very interesting. Uh, but I can't escape from all of the things that David was saying, to be honest. I mean, the idea of just having Guy Pearce in prosthetics, I thought at the time was ridiculous, and now David reminded me of it. I think it's even more ridiculous that they didn't have Max von Sydow there. Uh, I think a lot of the characters, uh, a lot of the actors, were just completely underused, to be honest. And, Joel, you mentioned about it being uh, visually stunning, and I think it is, to be honest. I mean, at the time, I remember thinking to myself, it is one of the... the best films I've seen visually like that kind of landscape that Ridley Scott created was absolutely incredible. However, th- I completely agree with Dave that there was just a case of style over substance. I mean, it looked beautiful, but there was nothing behind it. And Joel, I think what what, what did this for me and, and decided uh, on, on which list this film's going to be um, placed, you said that it requires multiple viewings to actually understand the characters and to understand the film because it's so complex. And I feel that if I'm going to watch a film multiple times, I want to watch it again because I really enjoyed it, not because I have to watch it to understand it. So, because of that, I think I'm going to place it on the shit list (laughs) but thank you very much anyway Joel it was actually a really good defence I thought you were just going to go the old Suicide Squad again and halfway through (laughs) (laughs) going shit it's shit okay uh, so I think it's time for some genuine opinions here Joel really how did you feel about the film
1: Um, well just to counter one of your points there about multiple viewings even though it's already on the shit list if you think about a film that we reviewed recently like Watchmen how many of us hated that? Like the first one or two times that we watched it and then genuinely liked it afterwards.
4: But, but it was only the second time around.
1: Yeah, I've actually but, seen Prometheus four times. But yeah, hated it.
4: Um, yeah j- I just want to
1: kind of touch on one of the points Dave made, which is like there's too many questions. And that there's one thing that I read on the internet, like I was looking at all these theories, and um, it's around the character of Charlize Theron. Dave kind of mentioned that she's just kind of like this hard-faced Uh, character and there's a theory uh, that she's actually an android there's a scene in there where david uh, where where, sorry she pins david to the wall and obviously if you've seen any any of the alien films androids are like super beings they're really strong and obviously a normal human being couldn't do that Uh, she also has like little to no emotion all that type of thing so there's 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 this big theory that she's an android i found a clip on the internet where somebody basically says is there other androids apart from david in the film and Ridley Scott basically refuses to answer it and it's it's that that really kind of pissed me off because it's Mm. almost as if like there's so many questions he refuses to actually answer any of them and he just leaves everything up to the viewer to decide but that said like when I watched it there are loads of things that I missed which I did actually quite enjoy I just feel like it was a little bit of a a missed opportunity it could have been so much better than it is but that said. Like I think I can't remember who was there to be honest because I blanked it from my, from my memory. When we I was went there, to watch unfortunately, it. I think yeah. Gav was there. But the first time we all went to watch it, we absolutely all hated it. But I think a lot of people actually like this film, and a lot of people, um, y- you know, enjoy the film. So I don't think it's as bad as some of us actually make it out to be. So you agree with what you were saying? I agree with what i was saying but i also agree with what dave was saying (laughs) (laughs) thanks for that diplomatic
4: dave your honest opinion um i i'm pretty much meant what i said you know i'm no stranger to blagging for my arguments but in this instance no with regret i I meant what i said i I did appreciate a lot of the points joel was making although that was a very good defense and he wasn't wrong on a number of points but i still think all in all the plot is so convoluted and it just it weighs the whole film down it's like it's like lead it's just too heavy to move
0: so I've actually seen this film four times and I don't know why, to be honest, but every now and again I do think to myself it can't have been that bad. You know, I I agree with what you were saying before, Joel, you know, like actually maybe enough times passed, and on a second or third or fourth view, and I can go back and I can understand it a bit better, but uh, no, each time it it just seems to be getting worse and worse, to be honest. But I do, well, I'm going to have to watch it again to see if if the opinion was genuine for for next week, but I I will let you guys know if it has become better over age on the fifth viewing anyway. (laughs) So higher or lower than last week's film, which was gravity.
1: What, what was gravity's figure? <laughs> Rewatch after, after this question every week. When you say higher or lower, just give us the fecking score.
0: <laughs> 7.8 for gravity. Uh, lower. 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 Okay. Uh, any guesses? 7.1. 6.8. 6.7. 6.2. Uh, joel's closer to be honest 7.0 out of 10 on imdb there right Right, so and just before we call a close to the trial it's time for a bit of a caption contest so as per every week i've taken a still from the film and i've asked all of our friends and followers on twitter to supply a caption with the winner being in with a chance of winning a delicious frog-shaped chocolate treat so this week, I've taken the still of the angry uh, engineer ripping David's head off. So it's mid-decapitation, uh, <laughs> essentially. And this is by far the most popular caption we've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> are they all <laughs>
5: relevant. Sometimes we get a lot of caption entries that are actually just people saying, Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, nice work. Yeah, no, I, I think we, we get trolled quite a lot yeah. as well. But... Yeah. No, I,
0: I, yeah, I think these all are relevant. To be honest, I, I, I won't even say. Do you want to guess how many? I'll just tell you, and I'll try and quick fire most of them off. Sure. Twenty-two wow. different wow. <laughs> captions. Wow. Okay, right. Number one. Well, there's the problem. Um, no wonder your dream was clogged. <laughs> uh, number two. Where's the beef? Uh, number three. Okay, but do you know how they get the caramel in the caramel bar? <laughs> <laughs> number four. Uh-huh. So this just comes right off then. <laughs> uh, we've got another one here. The visual interpretation of the plot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 um,
0: oh, uh, uh, quick, calling me Charles. Another one. This Pez dispenser is broken. Um, there's a, a lot of them are going with the very obvious I love a little head one. Uh, <laughs> 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 we've got uh, the day I found out they cancelled Ash versus the evil dead (laughs) bald man goes berserk at a 50% off sale in the wig shop
5: (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh
0: oh, oh, man oh man I need to clean my sex doll more (laughs) Um, get your coat you've pulled um (laughs) Jesus what if I would have said tails (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> someone, someone here, um, the, Pr- the Prometheus Pinata. Um, there's got to be an idea for a good alien sequel in here somewhere. Uh, I'd make a decapitation joke, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hey. This is empty. Where's my prize? i uh, Heads it is. I win. Uh-huh, I think. <laughs>
5: I think what would you do if tales? Yeah, right. I'm I'm tales. I had said tails? Yeah, definitely
4: for me. For me, and I like the visual interpretation yeah. of the plot, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm but with Dave as well. So split down the middle. Split Gaff. down the middle, and I, you know what? I think
0: th- we had so many good ones, and you, you, those are the two that you've picked. So I think for both, of both, both, both for the it cost
5: me a fortune. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to uh, welcome to the two dads review podcast with Jesus. What if I had said tails? And <laughs> what was the, oh, okay? And yeah, congratulations to Ned the ddb comics guy for the visual interpretation of the plot you guys have both just won yourselves Fredo.
1: okay right so
0: just to say before we close this uh, off we have pulled the next film out of the hat at random and it is a good one we are going to be reviewing donnie darko and just like the film, we've pulled the roles out of the hat at random. So in defence of Donnie Darko is going to be my good self. In the role of prosecutor is going to be Alex in the role of judge, it's going to be Austin. And in the role of character witnesses, we've got Captain Dave and Joel. So just before we say goodbye, I just want to say thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this show and to all of our other shows. You can catch our future shows and all of our back catalogue on any of your podcast platforms or on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. Also, why not check us out on Twitter, at Film Trials, and you can suggest a film for us to put on trial. We will put it on the hat and eventually get around to putting it on trial. Also, while you're there, why not check out our graphic designer and our music producer at the underscore quirks, Winston Sang, and at Aussie Ray, Austin Ray, obviously. Also, why not check us out on all the other social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, Films on Trial. So, there we have it. Prometheus has been put on trial, and it was a very civil one at that, surprisingly, but it eventually ended up on the shit list. So, we will be in your ears next week with... Whatever I've just said, Donnie Tucker.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Goodbye, everyone.